This is Kent Clothier. If you are looking to improve your life, improve your business, and just get it all together, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Time Is Now podcast. Hey everybody, what's going on? Kent Clothier here. Welcome to another episode of the Time Is Now podcast. Glad you guys have made it. I have a really, really special episode for you uh, here today. Two people that are near and dear to my heart, people that have um, absolutely inspired me over the last few years that we've known each other as I've watched them just come into the real estate investing space, specifically completely green, but with a wealth of knowledge from their past industries and walked in here and have quickly started to make their dreams come true and started to change the game in their own market. And quite frankly, made a believer out of a lot of people in an industry where it's easy to uh, surround yourself with people that just aren't believers, right? A lot of skeptics, a lot of people thinking that it can't happen. It's always inspiring to be around people that don't have that attitude that come in uh, very positive with a plan and then execute that plan to fruition. And then when you sit back and watch and say, man, I mean, that's exactly how it should be done. These are two people that have absolutely done this. Aaron Pimpus and Ashley Greipak, welcome. I'm glad you guys are here. Thanks for joining me. I want to kind of just dive into it if we can. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. That's great. Well, let's start with kind of your, your story a little bit. I mean, tell everybody a little bit about your background, you know, how this all kind of came about, why you kind of came into this industry, kind of, you know, a little bit of, of the background, if you will. Yes. Yeah, so we both kind of come from the, uh, the corporate world. So I was working, we're both in medical software sales. We worked at the same company that actually kind of worked uh, for a different company. I was more on the private equity side, actually worked for publicly traded companies. So again, we're both doing really well running teams. Uh, but it's one of those things, the higher, you know, you get promoted, you know, as a VP of sales, Ashley was a VP as well. The more you lose or your life for traveling nonstop, you know, you get to see your kids less and less. So we saw that trajectory, right, where we have other seniors that were like 50 years old, et cetera, still working the conference floor, you know, like just kind of shooting shit. And we're like, we don't want any of that. So we decided to kind of pull the plug and because we just, we saw the end result and it was not cool. Like, you know, you just kind of grow up and, you know, you just connected from your family, et cetera. So we decided to pivot to um, real estate. Obviously it makes sense. I had a little bit of mortgage experience prior to that, but it was the industry that was the most compelling. Um, you know, there could be a potentially low barrier entry through wholesaling. And we just kind of pulled the plug one day. Ashley uh, came on board first, and then I quit my job last April, so April 2018. And then we're heads down. Yeah, we, we definitely burned the boats. Uh, there was no looking back, which was scary at first, but it's Probably one of the reasons why we're so successful is that we we don't have any regrets. We're not looking back to what was our previous lives, and we are full steam ahead. I love um, that. Yeah, and we are we quit our jobs. I mean, we're well over five hundred k a year combined. So it wasn't like you know one of those jobs. It's like you know a hundred thousand over place real quick. So there's a lot of thought that went into that. Um, but you know, in the end, it's the same result, same answer. Well, that, yeah. Let me. I want to talk about that for a second because. There are, assuming that you were talking to somebody right now, right, that is in a very similar situation. They are uh, a power couple, combined, dual income home, making a shit ton of money. Um, but they are, you know, as you clearly laid out, they are, they are not fulfilled, right? They can clearly see that this isn't where they want to end up. The money's cool, but everything else would be a lot cooler. Um, Talk to me about that conversation, one, that you guys had, and then two, what is the advice you would give to that person? Because they're, they're definitely listening right now, right? They are definitely going to do this, and they're definitely going to want to know how the hell 
Do you make that make sense in any way to where you effectively, like you said, Ash, burn the boats? We just, I think so much of it has to do with confidence and belief in yourself that you can do what you do in sales. So we come from a sales background. As long as you can sell, you can sell anything. And for us, this was just another another commodity, right? We're now just from medical software. We're now in real estate. So we knew we're confident in our ability to just to sell that. So when we actually took the plunge, I called him. I was at a conference that we're talking about. I hated it. Um, everything was going well. We were making, again, a lot of money. So it wasn't a money question. Uh, traveling was nice because you get to go to a lot of great places, but it wasn't traveling for the right reasons. And that has to do with quality of life. So I called Aaron one day and I was out on the road. I said, hey, listen, I think it's time. And the next day, that was it. I put in my resignation and we never looked back from there. And then Aaron, gotta love him, quit way faster than I thought he was going to. <laughs> um, they're together. We both jumped in with both feet. And, you know, it's really just about believing in yourself and knowing that no matter what, as long as you put in the right amount of effort and you learn. So obviously mentors is huge. You know, having people like Boardroom uh, really just expedites your, your success, which is awesome. That really has helped us along the way. Um, but you just got to put in the time. We realized that we were spending all this time and energy for somebody else's value and benefit working for somebody else. As long as we took all that time and uh, energy that we had and spent it on our own business, we'd get those same results and grow faster this way rather yeah. than doing something, you know, half-ass an hour here, an hour there. I, th I think people need to evaluate the trajectory of their life, what they're, what they're doing, how it's impacted a family and how happy they are. Because it's easy to see where you are now and where you're going to be in five or seven years from now. And if it looks like a bleak picture, which was for us, and there's a lot of details we're not filling in, right? You have to be smart about it. We had enough saved up, right, to transition. You kind of have to put the cliffs as close as possible, add some stock options, stuff like that. So we narrow the gap as much as possible before we jump. Like, obviously, there has to be some intelligence decision making. But in the end, like, look, we, I looked at the trajectory where we're going and we saw, like, you know, it's easy. We have, like, you know, senior vice presidents, like, what they're going to be. And one day I'm like, we're, we're done. Like, I don't want anything to do with that. What did you hate about that trajectory? I mean, when you saw that, what did you not want about, what, is, what was it that you did not want? Well, one, you have no ownership, right? So as, a, you know, as part of the executive team, so I had some stock, uh, you know, the private equity company that we're a part of. So that's one. Two, you're not running your own show. There's always... Like the, one of the reasons that I really hated the corporate world is because there's always the toxic politics and it just creates toxic cultures for the most part. Um, and it just, it didn't feel right. But the second aspect is that you're looking at where you're going to be. And if let's say I went to the next position, which was SVP of sales or CRO, right? You know how much more you're taking on, how much more of your time you're selling for, let's say I would have been at, you know, five, 600 K a year, like on my own. But how much are you selling in return, right? Right. Of your, of your family, of your life. Yeah, most of the people we looked around and we saw who they were becoming and it wasn't people we wanted to be. I mean, from what I saw, most people ended up divorced. Their kids didn't want to have anything right. to do with them. Um, really lonely, sad, depressed lives. And it was their own choice. They traded that. And you don't have to trade, uh, you know, your, your sanity or your dreams for these terrible positions People are just too afraid to take the risks and the chances themselves and believe in themselves, which is, you know, there's so much knowledge and education available to everybody. It's just go out there and look, Aaron always kicks me even this morning saying, just get out there and get on Google. It's all there. Seriously, right? I mean, the, the insight isn't there, but the information is absolutely there to give you the confidence to know that, hey, there is a path. 
Right. And the other thing is take an inventory of your skill set, right? We had, so software sales, right? Software medical sales, like electronic medical records. We basically did sales. We did the marketing. I talked to product. We talked to development. So we've got to do the full cycle. But I think people, they always forget to take inventory of your skills, right? They get so immersed in the hamster wheel. And this is what I do. This is the only thing I can do. People need to evaluate. Like we're doing it for seven, eight years, right? Medical software uh, sales. If you stand back and you evaluate your skills and your inventory, right? Of like, holy shit, like I, I got something, right? So that's kind of what we did. We took a look and I'm like, look, dude, if we swapped out one widget for the other, like I can sell whatever, right? And market at the same time. But it could be a different skill set for somebody else. They might be better at rehabs. They might be better at this. But if people really stand back and get themselves out of the W2 mentality and be like, what have I acquired over the last 5, 10, 15 years? That's the part that builds confidence. And that's the part that helped us to transition because I'm like, look, I'm, we're cashing in what we have, right? With all these skills that we acquired from working with these high level CEOs and this like $10 billion company that will own the company that I was a part of. And to, to fail forward, you know, for us, we got in there and while we did have mentors and opportunities to learn, there was a lot of just get in there and do it. You don't have to be perfect at anything. You have to at least just get out there and do it. Take action was such a big thing for everybody. Uh, you know, people spend so much time just thinking about it, considering their options, considering thinking, and they don't do anything. One of the, one of the reasons why, so we were at flip and find last year, I think it was in March, find and flip, find and flip sorry. Um, last year, and I didn't quit my job yet. I quit April, right? So it was like a month after, but that, sorry, that moment we're there and the information acquisition, right? And we're again, we're just pretty quick on making decisions. Uh, and sitting, we're sitting right behind, well, at least I am, Ashley's not, this is why it works. Um, but we're sitting behind some boardroom people, right? And talking to them and I'm like, wait a minute, we have access to this information. That saves a year's plus worth of just, you know, grinding on your own, going to buying little seminars, right? Or buying little courses. You have access to that kind of information. So on the spot, right then and there, we signed up. We just threw it on the Amex. We'll take care of it later on, right? Right. That's where we made a decision. And at that point, we knew we had direct access to the information, all the people that are in the boardroom. And that made the transition that much easier. Like, I didn't have to be like, when I quit, I'm like, all right, what do we do now? Like, you know, like, I'm pretty committed to that. And um, it helped with, you know, the confidence of transitioning and the fact that we had people there to help us. Yeah, truly, boardroom was a big part of that stepping stone for us and, and having access to not just information, but people. And the, the forum uh, that you've created has just been huge. And I, I mean that genuinely because the, the ability to talk to people and, and vet ideas and suggestions, what have you learned from? And, you know, so I don't have to make every mistake myself because I make a lot of mistakes. Uh, but it's nice to not have to make them all yourself and to get that just, just an edge. Yeah, no, I, I, and, you know, I alluded to it when we talked when we were, when I was doing the intro to you, but one of the things from my perspective, because clearly we, we see a lot of people come through, whether it's through our software, through our training, or ultimately through our boardroom. And there's a huge component to it is that you get out of it what you put into it. And, and one thing I can definitely um, you know, tip my hat to you guys on is that when you guys came in there, you were ready, right? You came in there ready to immerse yourself. You had a plan that was not going to get it. You know, you were not, you didn't have all the answers, but you were ready to receive the information and you were going to immerse yourself and get the, you weren't walking out of there without it. And then equally, right. equally that, um, when you would come back, the execution on what had been promised before was a massive 
you know, co- component to that, which I think is, you know, again, my hat's off to you guys because coming into boardroom for the sake of coming into boardroom, you know, is, is nothing but just uh, effectively another seminar, right? I mean, you're going to learn a lot of stuff, but if you don't go back and execute, nobody gives a shit. And right. we're going to keep the people accountable, Ken. So that's <laughs> 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 what happened to uh the shit that you talked about last time like yeah it's like it's like i don't want to go through that again i remember doing our kpis like five o'clock in the morning on day of i'm like we can't gonna have harassment (laughs) (laughs) but you guys i mean again you guys had your shit largely together and you always came off having um having a plan which you know what i'll also say this about you guys even if, because I think this is an important lesson that everybody should learn, is that even if you didn't have your shit together, you felt like, we felt like you did, which means that confidence that you were just talking about, Ash, and, Bo, and you, Aaron, I mean, it's, it, a lot of it, it, you've heard me say this before, many times it's about context and not content, right? It is about, hey, if you, everybody is drawn to that confidence. It's amazing, you know, what will happen to your business when people just believe that uh, one way or another, you're going to figure it out, right? And now you guys mean, now what's the current situation of the business now? You guys have effectively, you walked away a little over a year, Aaron. Ashley, when did you officially jump in? Uh, Just a couple months beforehand. All right, so you guys have effectively been over in a little over a year, right? So talk to me about what the first year will look like and what's the second year going to look like. Yeah. So, and it's funny that, you know, everything seems like, you know, really easy and people talk about these things like, you know, webinars or whatever, where they're like, you know, well, yeah, we built this and that, but there's a lot of things go wrong in a very major way. So we ended up with, you know, we hired people, wrong kind of people, marketing. I didn't know what a farmer was. I'm like, I'm like, I don't understand <laughs> how, like, what is what going here? Like, I'm like, I still probably don't. I don't, I don't know how to read them. Oh Me. <laughs> So we ended up, and again, it's, it's staying in your lanes and your strengths and weaknesses, right? We, we have our kind of beauties divided in a pretty concise manner for the most part. You know, I kind of do a lot of the, you know, the, the, the higher items, you know, bigger scale dispositions plus marketing actually focuses on acquisitions, sorry, and still being like a CEO. So we ended up last year, year over year for April, I think we're at 1.3 total for the year. I think we're right around nine people currently. Um, but that... That involved, I think, for the most part, 85% wholesaling, 15% of your rehabs. We got rid of rehabs completely. We went through it quick, though. I mean, we went from rehabbing to to like wholesaling to retailing. (coughs) um, We did everything, everything you possibly could. Now we're trending into creative financing. We've gone through so many um, disposition models to understand as much as we can about the marketplace and adapt as quickly as we can because that's part of it is that we jumped in and we had to learn as fast as we could so that we could keep being successful and not just be stagnant, not just say, hey, we're a wholesaler. Hey, we're a rehabber. It was, let's understand as much as we can about everything we can so we can make a really well-informed decision on what's the best return on our investment. Yeah, no. You guys did compress time like very few people have. And you guys, you guys had a five-year run inside of a year for sure. We, we tried, and we tried, I think, every single marketing source that's out there in those five years. So, yeah. I'm sorry. In those, no, no every, one year. everything in one year. <laughs> We've seen Paperclip Direct, you know, Paperclip Direct, uh, SEO, Facebook, RBM, cold calling, TV, texting, right? Yeah. All of it. So, it, it was ebbs and flows, but uh, 
the one of the biggest takeaways from boardroom is that, and again, the accountability aspect, like you have your KPIs, like you're going to get your ass handed to you by. By the way, <laughs> thank you. That is all you. Your insistence on KPIs, I get just drilled all the time about what are the KPIs. I'm like, all right, kid, that's all coming from you. <laughs> we could see, like you know, we can see where the paper click was dipping in terms of just uh, you know not converting, right? We saw our cost per deal coming up. You see the trajectory. I mean, it's the stupidest spreadsheet will do. People overcomplicate KPIs. It's like, I don't, where's this magical, you know, spreadsheet or give me something that's fancy? Like, dude, you need like five things. Put it in Excel. That's it. It's like it's as simple as that. But being able to to, to really identify when was direct mail not performing, when people click in our market example was going through the roof. You know, like when everybody was on it, like by the end of last year, beginning of this year, uh, and making those pivots probably saved us a lot of heartache. But looking at your lagging and leading indicators and, you know, taking a, a lot of chapters from good to great, um, one of those things is one of the reasons why we're able to pivot on the spot, sometimes too quickly, because sometimes I'll rip the shit out real quick. And I'm like, it's underperforming. She's like, it's not enough time. Like, tell. Um, but it helped us to, to make those decisions, pivot to uh, higher converting um, marketing channels. Yeah, we revisit some of those conversations. That's <laughs> <laughs> out. All right, so that's actually now you guys brought it up, so I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna take it there for a second. So, okay. Um, you know, it, it's not always easy. In fact, I would say it's rarely easy um, to have when you're a couple to be in business together, right? Um, and so, ask me how I know this because I yeah. know all too well. Um, but I mean, how do you guys do it? How have you, I mean, is this the first real time that you guys have had to work together inside of something like this? And, and then how are you laying this out and making it work for you? Um, what are the rules? How does it happen? Cause there's, I mean, think about it. How many, you've been in the boardroom, how many yeah. couples do you see walk in there? And this is actually something that people struggle with, right? Whether it's husband and wife teams, whether it's just couples, whether it's brother and sister, it doesn't matter. Anytime family yeah. is involved and or friends, meaningful relationships, that's a that's that's a little hairy situation there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because we used to work together and we could not work together. We couldn't communicate. <laughs> like actually we could not talk to each other. I'm just like this and walk away. It wow. was very interesting. <laughs> yeah. We've come a long way. And I do mean a long way. <laughs> How do you guys make it work? What 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 are the rules? How, do, how does it happen? Or are there rules? Or are you guys guys figuring it out on the fly? It, it's a lot of arguing that leads <laughs> to you know it's look it's it's tough like it's tough no bullshit so it's tough but I think identifying roles you know we're doing the same stuff you know because like we're trying to both be CEOs at a certain time trying to be both CEOs it doesn't work that way so identifying sometimes. Me as a, a transaction director, stuff like that, where I'm kind of like, you know, double checking what's going on with dispositions, I have to roll up to her. In other ways, she rolls up to me. So you kind of have to understand who's doing what, but at the same time, try to decouple that as much as possible. It's one of the best things we could do. I mean, you know, you're still going to have like, you know, your tip with tat, that type of thing, but we do try to, like, we see when it's coming up. Like today was a perfect example. Like we see it's like we're going down the wrong conversation path. Like this is yeah, never this. has ended up well. <laughs> And then you kind of have to just pivot back to just focus on the business. And it's like, would two business partners talk to each other like this? Like, no, that would never happen. Like, you're my business partners. Like, I wouldn't talk to you that way. So you kind of have to just go back and 
laser focus on what's the issue instead of trying to like, you know, like, well, I, I got you here, you got me there. But having the roles identified has been one of the most important things uh, as a takeaway for making sure that we're successful and staying in our own lanes for the most part. Again, there's obviously a little flare-ups here. And doing, we found that if you're doing what you love, and we do love different things about the job and about the business. So once you're doing what you love, you, you tend to want to stay in that lane. So we don't step on each other's toes quite as much because we do love different things about the business, which is sometimes we have to remember we're working towards the same goal, but we each love different things about it. Um, I love the details. He loves setting the vision. And as long as we stick to that, we're great. Yeah, but it's also that find your strengths and weaknesses. And I think we recently got to that where you have to be very real yourself. Like, I suck at details or a certain part of execution. Right? I can take it 25% there. That's the 25% of the vision, right? But the rest of it, I not, I'm just not good at it. But the sooner you come to terms with yourself and stop thinking you're the shit and I can do everything by, on my own, which for me is a big one. That was like a big <laughs> oh, it's one. not for me either. I'm going to go tell you. It's super easy for me to handle that. <laughs> easy going guy, dude. You're such an easy going guy. But just being real with yourself helps to take away a lot of unnecessary um, conversations, a lot of necessary uh, headaches, you know? Yeah, and I will tell you, it only gets easier with time, right? All that, all that um, self-realization, like you're talking about all the communication skills, kind of knowing when to back off. I mean, that's, that's a really healthy way to approach it. You know, understanding the roles, understanding that you're all trying to get to the same place, understanding that, you know, it's, it, that, there's no point in going round and round and round and ending up in the exact same place, right? At the end of the day, you're going to go home together. And this one can't go, you know, you ain't taking this home with you, right? So you might as well act like, uh, like you said, like business partners. This is what really matters inside of the business because there's nothing, I can tell you, you guys have an amazing dynamic. Uh, you guys are extremely fortunate. I know you know this, but the fact that the two of you are not passionate about the same thing and you are professionals and you both are very driven. You know, this is a massive asset, a massive asset to you guys, right? And there's plenty of people out there that would love to have a business partner sitting right next to them that was just as passionate about the business, if not more, and likes different things about the business. And also that person, without doubt, always have my back. I mean, those... They're, think about if you're out there solo and you're trying to do this. I mean, you guys sound like a dream to them, right? I mean, that, so it's a, big, it's a big deal. It's a huge asset. And I think that um, it's certainly a huge part of your success. And so I applaud you for being able to kind of navigate that and understand kind of how to get through it as quickly as possible, just like you've done in every other area of your business, right? Um, if you guys were looking back, you know, looking back over the last year and a half or so, what are the, the things you can point to that say, okay, you know, this, you know, you've heard me say this before, like this was a dot, that was a dot, this mattered, that mattered, you know, point out some things for me in your journey that you would share with everybody that said, you know, these are the things starting with Ashley, you deciding that you were going to walk away first, right? Um, obviously that's a huge dot. That's a life changing dot right there. Right. And then kind of take me up. What, what are the dots that you guys can clearly see that these things, these decisions matter? Yeah. Um, for me, uh, it was really more about consistently meeting, like, you know, as an ELT, we call it ELT, executive leadership team, which is, you know, her and I, if there's maybe our director of operations, but, but it's consistently meeting and consistently, um, everybody's familiar with the VTO model, right? But kind of following that a little bit closer, like we're doing now, we're, so our Monday meeting, we have an agenda, you know, with Ashley and I, and we're very specific, you know, between marketing updates, what's going on. Sticking to that avoids a lot of blunders and confusion. 
but getting organized faster to the point where you're able to kind of, we talked about leading and lagging indicators. I think it's just a KPI of the business, having structure and meeting regularly and identifying where the shit's going wrong. Cause it may be going wrong for another a month and a half or two until it really goes wrong. And you're like, well, I kind of knew it was happening, but because you think you're too busy to sit down for freaking 15 or 20 minutes to meet on a Monday morning and just hash those things out. Um, causes a lot of unnecessary delays in, uh, in pivoting. Yeah, so I would say, maybe to answer your question a little bit more directly, it was, for us, it was me leaving first, and then him being so, it was, from my perspective, I saw that you truly believed in what we were gonna do, and you didn't want me to do it without you, and you jumped fast. And so, you came on, and then now that you were 100% invested in it, there was, we will succeed, Period. There's no, we're not going to die trying. It was, that was a huge milestone for me to see you come and you're that as bought in as I was. Um, then we had milestones where we got an office and that wasn't for me, meaning that now we have true overhead, uh, not just whatever expenses we were going to float. Um, from there, it was hires. Um, our next big thing was to realize that in order to be successful, you can't have the mentality of do it all yourself. So we looked to hire people right away, which was, uh, our mentality really was with the exception of as much as we could take away from like boardroom and masterminds and stuff like that was to do it all myself first, at least a few times, and then teach someone else how to do it so that I wasn't always doing that same task. Uh, Aaron has been really instrumental in, in saying, is that something you can delegate? Is that something that you have to do personally or can you teach somebody? So from there, we went to our, our key hires. We went to sales first getting a sales team in because they could bring in revenue, which would enable us to bring in higher up people in the organization. And then we went into um, more of a director of positions and then we kept expanding. We went from department to department and we started building what we now consider a real company um, with a real team. And since then we've now moved into a bigger office and a nicer place and very happy and fortunate that we've gotten this far in again, a short period of time. But those were some of our, our biggest takeaways that I saw as far as connecting the dots, yeah, and, truly the team. And these were not perfect hires. I think we went through, like we're at eight or nine people now, but through that time we went through probably six or seven that just, it didn't work out. It was a massive failure, a massive mistake on our end. I hired somebody that was just, didn't make sense. Ashley hired somebody, but then we obviously it's a unified decision kind of came down to that. Um, you know, employing things like this test, employing things that give you more certainty in terms of like, okay, we have a certain, uh, certain percentage that we know this person fits on these levels will never be guaranteed. But that's what like, you know, that's the thing that most people will talk about. Everybody gets on, you know, shows, et cetera. They're like, yo, we are killing it. This and that. Dude. We can miserably fail in hiring. Right. I mean, you have to, I think it's, if you don't have that dialed in, like you're going to fail with marketing, you're going to fail with, with hires. Like if you don't have that acceptance and then you beat yourself up over like, what's going on? My business going down. Like, dude, that's just part of the growth. Like, you have to have that built into your head. Otherwise, you're literally going to be like beating yourself up. Like, why is this not working out? I'm playing the victim card, right? It's just, you have to kind of have that approach with any entrepreneurship. I love it. Yeah, I love traction, it. The whole traction model, Aaron mentioned it earlier, but ha having a, a system that kind of like a path to follow, traction is something that we both have read and both believed in that model. And that's what Aaron was mentioning about how we're able to stay on track with an agenda and a map and, and, yeah. rocks. and also culture, right? Our sales guys, you know, disposition sales as well. I mean, they, like they come here on Saturdays on their own. Like we don't ask them to come here. They were just, we, they were here when we showed up. Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing here? Right. They're just hanging out, making calls, you know, working on deals. 
Uh, but you know, having that consistent, that's part of that toxic corporate culture I was talking about before. Like we, one thing, part of our core values that we did not want to do is have that same repeat where, you know, like it's just a shady place to be in. Right. So like our guys, they hang out after work. They're like a, like a legitimate click. Right. You know, so personality and being able to actually fit into the team dynamic and, you know, into our core values and making sure that, you know, it's going to work no matter what, because you spend freaking eight or nine hours a day here. Um, that's going to be the most instrumental things. Having a continuous sales training, right? Making something as simple as an audible account for your team, right? You can create one that has four for, you know, iPad, for iPhone, four for Android, and listening to like, you know, Never Split the Difference or whatever books that will help you move the needle. Yeah. Going over that chapter by chapter, you know, like every week, it helps to move the needle. Even our deal analyst, like, you know, getting him on to sales training as well. All those things make a difference. So the one thing um, that's very interesting and I think relates to a lot of what we've you know, talked about in the past is how do certain companies go from, you know, they kind of break through a threshold and certain companies do not. So there's a crazy um, article I read about the CEO of Fusionsoft, right? Because the guy sees everything behind the screen, right? He knows, he sees companies go vertical and he sees companies go completely, you know, implode. And then he did like a test, right? He kind of uh, did a control test with different companies that he saw go either direction. And talking to CEOs, the founders, what he discovered unequivocally, the one reason where companies after two or three years where they continued to go vertical was self-development, that they had a version of personal growth, self-development. The founders, the managers, whoever was in the company, the leadership was invested in it. And that model trickled down through their team. They pushed that. And that was like, literally, it was an eye-opening moment for him and what I, for me and what I read it too, but it makes sense. If you instill that in your culture, it has that something nobody else can take away. People will stay there and work with you, even if you get offered you know, double the pay somewhere else because there's, it's an intangible, right? They feel good about being there and you help them become better professionally and personally. So for us, it's absolutely massive. I love that. I love that. You know what? That's good enough. Let's end it there because that's awesome. It's awesome advice and it's awesome, very applicable. Guys, this was great. I cannot uh, thank you enough. If people want to reach out to you guys, I know you guys are in the, the Tampa market, but got a lot of things going on. I know you've got the new launch control coming out, you know, the new software. If people want to reach out to you and then and hook up with you guys, what um, what are the, what's the easiest way? Yes. So we're very anti-social social, but we will we'll be doing that. Uh, there's a reason for it. But anyway, so uh, our, our company is big. I just want to make sure. At the exact point that I told people to reach out to you, your comment back was, we're anti-social. Probably not no, no, the best no, clothes no, I've ever no, heard. Probably not no, the best no, clothes no. I've ever heard. We're not, we're not big in social media. There you go. That, on our roadmap <laughs> for 2019, right? That's what I meant. Um, but yeah, so our, our, our email is probably the best way. So it's Aaron or Ashley at Bay Capital Holdings. Our consumer-facing uh, company is Ashley Buys Houses. That's the one where we have on TV. It's all over uh, if you search that. And then uh, Launch Control is launchcontrol.us. That's the new platform we have. And again, we've been killing it on text messaging with that, but um, it's been the most consistent version of it. But Since day one. We'll be, yeah, we'll be very heavy on social media before these, this year ends. That's so you're officially right. going to be anti-social social media. There you go. Right. We're going to pivot. We're going to do the whole power couple. Thing, right? <laughs> All right, guys, I appreciate you. This has been awesome, man. I'm glad. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having us. See ya. Peace. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. 
If you haven't gotten signed up yet with one of our award-winning products, I would invite you to go to reww.com. Check it out. Whether you're looking for advice on entrepreneurship, you're just looking for access to our Real Estate Investing Academy, whether you want to attend one of our upcoming live events, everything you need is right there. Plenty of videos, plenty of free training, plenty of access to software and tools that will help you to become a really successful real estate investor. Again, everything is right on the site at reww.com. You can also check us out at kentclothier.com. 